The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Trust the process. Do you respect the process? What's going on, processors? Hope you all enjoyed that football like I did this weekend. It was great to have the big boys out there watching some Big 12, watching some ACC teams show off a little bit, flex against some uh, lesser competition. And then we had some upsets, some uh, real surprises that were a whole lot of fun to uh, take in. And, uh, yeah, man, Saturday was crazy. I uh, made it a mission to watch as much Iowa State as I could because, as you heard on our Big 12 preview, um, I wasn't very familiar with them. And you know what, Iowa State? Uh, you let me down. So uh, I want a uh, written uh, apology. Uh, email's fine. You know, you can send me an email to uh, finchb1984 at gmail, and I'll accept your apology. On, uh, I'll, I'll read it on air so everyone can see it and or hear it, I should say. And, uh, yeah, no, honestly, uh, I enjoyed it. It it was fun watching, uh, the upsets. It was, uh, nice to take in a full Saturday slate of, um, upper echelon schools getting into gear. It starting to feel real, starting to feel like uh, real time football. And, uh, maybe we'll be able to pull this off. There's a lot of postponed games, but let's not focus on that. Um, the post moments, you know, they'll get pushed off and, uh, make up the games later on. So uh, how about we just focus on what we can focus on for now. Uh, first, we'll do some breaking news like we normally try and do if we have any. And this uh, week, we have a little bit. Uh, Big Ten is going back to the voting table, I guess you could say. And they're going to talk about uh, maybe getting a season going again. I'm um, hearing some schools are stunts on no. And I'm hearing a bunch of schools, um, way more than half. I'm, I'm hearing like a, uh, at least eight schools are ready to vote yes on playing college ball. And playing college ball in the next uh, month in October is what they're eyeing if this all goes according to plan. The other uh, conference that is talking about getting back into it is also the Pac-12. They are eyeing more of a November start. Um, this is all very new. Big Ten kind of developed um, Friday, um, like late Thursday and Friday, and um, they're coming back to vote, I believe, tomorrow, Tuesday, when this episode drops. So hopefully we'll have some more info for that. And uh, yeah, let's let's get let's get guys out there to uh, if they want to play, let them play. Um, I've I've been stunts on the uh, idea that. You know, these kids are, they're in control of their own bodies. You're already letting them make the choice of playing football, which we all know is a very challenging game when it comes to what it does to your body. And they're already taking that risk. So if they want to take the risk of just playing a physical, violent game, then why not let them take the risk of potentially contracting COVID? Now, I'm not 
arguing for it. I'm just saying it's their choice. And I would like to see their presidents, their ADs, back them up, listen to them, treat them like adults, because they are. And this is their career. This is their future. And I think that they deserve to have a voice. So we'll see what happens there. There's been a lot of support, even from the president, you know, going all the way to the top of the country. Uh, So uh, we'll see what uh, ends up happening there. But other than that, the only big news we got is breaking down these games. The first recap show for you of the 2020 season. The first real recap that uh, Processing has got to do. Uh, You notice I'm doing a lot of talking, uh, a little more than normal, because uh, Ryan is not with me today. Ryan is still taking in some sites across the country. Ryan is still uh, in Wyoming. I don't remember where he was last. I don't. I don't. Re- I think it may have been Wyoming, but uh, either way, uh, Ryan is missed. And uh, if you want, you can hit him up on Twitter at Ryan Holt Bailey, and you can hit me up on Twitter as well if you want at B Finch one nine eight four. And yeah, we're gonna try and uh, get you guys a little more um, involved here on the uh, social media aspect get a little more engagement going so uh all right i guess that's all we got left is just breaking down these games excuse me the first game i want to talk about is my new team of fandom that i have chosen the louisville cardinals uh they took on western kentucky the what are the hilltoppers right they're hilltoppers but uh louisville takes them down 35 21 uh, star quarterback Mikhail Cunningham has a very good day. He's 19 of 34 for 343 yards uh, for a 10-yard average, uh, three touchdowns, one interception. He added 12 rushes for 24 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Louisville, as a team, struggled to run the ball. Uh, that's the biggest takeaway I have out of them. Uh, the receivings, um, the passing game, the receivers had good days. And if they didn't, we could have seen an upset on their hands. But I think uh, Mikel Cunningham's going to prove to be a challenge for a, a lot of teams. Uh, he's very accurate, very efficient with the ball. Uh, he was able to get uh, three different wide receivers very involved in the game. Uh, Braden Smith had four catches for 110 yards. Des Fitzpatrick was added four catches as well for 110 yards and a touchdown. And Tutu Atwell, if you remember back from our ACC preview show, uh, Tutu's one of those guys that we're keeping our eyes on for the draft uh, as we get uh, more into the season here. Uh, he had seven catches for 78 yards. So Tutu had a great day. Uh, Mikhail had a good day. And my and your Louisville Cardinals uh, are 1-0. and Next, I have uh, Texas taking on UTEP. From the very first play, Texas made a point of showing uh, how they're going to try and uh, showcase their stud senior quarterback, Sam Ellinger. In fact, Sam went 25 of 33 for 426 yards, an average of 12.9 yards per attempt, and five touchdowns. Sam sets a school record for Texas with those passing yards. Uh, they did tra- stay pretty balanced. Um, you would a- anticipate that staying pretty um, 
balance in a game where, I mean, maybe even leaning a little bit more rush, but uh, a game where there, it's a blow of 59-3, to um, you expect to see a lot more rushing. It was not they – de- they definitely got a lot of running backs involved, but it wasn't very efficient, and that's concerning going forward. Um, but the lean on the pass, um, the passing attack, and you got wide receiver Josh Moore. He brought in six catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. A very good day for him. And then uh, Michigan transfer Tariq Black in his debut for the Longhorns catches five balls for 80 yards and a touchdown. So a very good first game for him. Moving down to Texas, and uh, Texas offense is up to the task and. Obviously, UTEP doesn't bring a huge challenge to them. Um, but uh, like I said, um, in two weeks, Texas and Oklahoma will be squaring off. So we'll find out real quick exactly uh, where Texas is in this uh, whole uh, third or, or fourth season under Tom Harmon. Moving on, uh, we go to the big dog of all the big dogs this weekend. Move over to the Clemson Tigers versus uh, Wake Forest. Clemson uh, rolls off 37 points uh, to Wake Forest 13. Um, Trevor Lawrence, once again, showing that he is everything we expect him to be. In fact, we have a little more Trevor Lawrence news than I even anticipated uh, in an interview that he gave uh, before the game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence said that he plans on graduating in December so he will be uh, done with his schooling, and he will be probably entering the draft. Now, he didn't say that, but anytime you talk about that you're going to be done with your schooling and be a graduate, that's kind of what you're setting everything up to be. So on the day, Trevor Lawrence was 22 of 28, 351 yards. That's uh, 16 yards per attempt and one touchdown. And then uh, stud running back Travis Etienne. Uh, rushed 17 times for 102 yards. That's a six-yard average and one touchdown. Not a lot to take out of this game. Wake Forest is um, obviously not up to the task, uh, not that anyone expected them to, um, being without their uh, wide receiver who already opted out. You know, there wasn't anyone on Wake Forest that was able to uh, step up and kind of take charge and uh, be anyone that – I was really uh, excited to see. And then uh, we got uh, Oklahoma taking on Missouri State. And then this, guys, was just straight murder on the field. Oklahoma 48 nothing. Quarterback Spencer Rattler in his de- debut goes 14 of 17, 290 yards. That's 20.7 yards per attempt for four touchdowns. And then he is done for the day. And his backup, Tanner Mordecai, comes in. He also goes 14 of 17 for 157 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. So even when they were brought in uh, the relief guy, he did just as well. So just not a good day for Missouri State. Uh, running back for Oklahoma, Seth McGowan, had nine attempts for 61 yards. This is a 6.8-yard per rush uh, average with one touchdown. Wide receiver Marvin Mims goes three for 80, one touchdown. And then Charleston Rambo goes four for 80 and two touchdowns. So Oklahoma has not missed a beat uh, early on here. Obviously, Missouri State's not the toughest of challengers, 
but it seems that uh, Lincoln Riley and his guys are definitely ready to roll. Moving on, we have Pitt taking on Austin P. And something unique happened in this game. Pitt went up 42 to nothing going into half. And then the coaches met, and I did not know this happens, but the coaches met and they agreed to shorten the time to 10-minute quarters for the second half. Uh, I mean, I I think that's admirable to uh, show that, you know, there's some sort of respect there and you don't want to continue to just beat down another team. You know, obviously they're trying to get better on their own and, uh, you know, they're obviously not up to the challenge. So that was pretty unique, pretty um, interesting to see and uh, definitely respect both coaches for coming to uh, agreement on something like that. Next, we got Notre Dame taking on Duke. Now remember, Notre Dame is playing a full ACC schedule. So their first ACC opponent is Duke, who is not um, upper echelon. But you know what? Duke, Duke to, to their credit, has put together more of a uh, consistent um, product, especially in the defense. And uh, they do have a, a quarterback transfer from Clemson who did not have a good day, uh, but he'll have uh, better days going ahead, I'm sure. Uh, quarterback Ian Book uh, goes 19 of 31 for 263. That's a 13.8 yards per attempt average, one touchdown and one pick. Ian Book, guys, I'm not a fan. He just doesn't do it for me. Um, he doesn't seem comfortable back there. Even when they're having a good day on the offensive line, Ian Book really struggles for me to show confidence. I mean, I don't want to question anybody's, you know, mental approach to anything, but it's just it's uh, he's got some gifts, he's he's got some ability, but he just never seems to put it all together, and that's that's tough. So, um, but there was a really bright uh, star here in the game, and uh, running back Kyron uh, Williams goes 19 rushes for 112 yards, 5.9 yard per attempt. He had two touchdowns, and then he added two catches for 93 yards. So he went off, and he was the real reason that um, they were able to outpace Duke. It was a close game early on, slow start for um, Notre Dame, but as the game went on, uh, that's when Williams really started kicking in the gear, and that's when you saw you know, the, the real uh, discrepancy in talent between the two teams. And then after that, we got Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, taking on Iowa State. Raging Cajuns, 31, Iowa State, 14. And, man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm bad luck. It's all on me. Like I said, don't watch a lot of Iowa State. I watched this entire game. It was a lot more fun just to watch this, the complete chaos of the fact that the Raging Cajuns secondary was locking down the receivers, not giving any room, doing a great job of just, you know, battling on uh, each throw and doing a good job of breaking up the passes. Brock Purdy has a horrible day for uh, Iowa State. He's 16 of 35, 145 yards, zero touchdowns and a pick. Just not not what you're looking to see Brock Purdy do 
in his first game this year for Iowa State when all eyes are uh, kind of leaning on him. The only bright spot that I saw from Iowa State is Brees Hall. Brees Hall had 20 carries for 103 yards and one touchdown and looked very confident as the lead back there for Iowa State. And uh, the only other thing of note is uh, the special teams of Iowa State gets torched for two huge returns for touchdowns, and that's mostly the difference in the game. Um, Louisiana's offense really didn't do a whole lot, but the defense was was so dialed in, locked down on those uh, receivers, and uh, Iowa State special teams, they're off this week, so uh, we all know what they're going to be doing this week in practice, and that's going to be doing punt coverage big time. Next, we got in the ACC a matchup between North Carolina versus Syracuse. North Carolina 31, Syracuse 6. Quarterback Sam Howell goes 25 of 34 for 295 yards, 11.8 yards per attempt, one touchdown, two interceptions. Not exactly what I was expecting to see from Sam Howell. This offense is very good. Um, I think that uh, they're going to start leaning more on the run because running back Michael Carter goes 7 for 78, 11.1 yards per rush. Uh, he added um, six catches for 60 yards. Very good. And uh, also running back Javante Williams goes 14 of 57 with three touchdowns. So a little bit of thunder and lightning there between those two running backs. And then wide receiver Deami Brown had six catches for 94 yards. That's 15.7 yards per catch. So North Carolina takes care of Syracuse. Syracuse had no offense. Their defense actually, um, I mean, hard, hard to say that when it's 31 points, but Syracuse defense did do a pretty good job of uh, keeping uh, Sam Howell uncomfortable, um, really, you know, uh, collapsing the pocket and uh, forcing him into some bad throws. So Syracuse, uh, not where they want to be right now, not where they thought they would be right now. And uh, not not that maybe we'd, anyone would be picking them to win this game, but thought it would be a little closer than this. And then staying in the ACC, uh, before we move on to just talking about some uh, other upsets that uh, happened in, in the uh, Big 12, we had Miami taking on UAB. The Hurricanes put up 31 points. UAB gets 14. Quarterback Derek King his uh was 15 of 23 for 141 yards, 9.4 yards per attempt, one touchdown. He added 12 rushes for 83 yards and another touchdown. And then running back Cameron Harris, 17 rushes, 134 and two touchdowns. A very good day on the ground for Miami. And then uh the defense of Miami also was very stellar. Um obviously UAB not in the same caliber as the other teams that Miami would be taking on this year, but definitely a, a program that's, you know, not to be taken lightly. And uh, they take care of business. So let's just talk real quick about what happened besides those games that uh, I was pretty – those games that I just mentioned, I went through those because those are the ones that stood off statistically about guys that I wanted to talk about. And then uh, real quickly, let's just go over the fact that Kansas loses to Coastal Carolina, 38-23. That program just never seems to get off the mat. Uh, real tough there. Les Miles 
I don't even know if he makes it out of this year. I hope he does. Uh, I really want him to do something there. But it doesn't seem like he has it this time. No, it's 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 not LSU. After that, uh, we had Georgia Tech and Florida State. And um, I wouldn't necessarily call this an upset. The two programs are probably pretty similar nowadays. Um, Georgia Tech and Florida State are definitely – in between on uh, where they are with the recruits. When we did the ACC preview show, I was pretty excited about some of the the prospects that Florida State had coming in. I thought they were going to be able to start turning it, you know, a little bit. But that offensive line, Ryan, my co-host, you know, loves to talk about it. He's not wrong. But uh, it's not improving, guys. At all. That offensive line does not look good again. And um, the quarterback uh, for Florida State, oh, I'm sorry here, I'm blanking on his name, That uh, Blackman, uh, was 23 of 43, 198, one touchdown, one pick, three sacks. He just could not find time to get the ball downfield. Um, that own line, I don't really know how this happened. Um, I, after a year where they knew how big of a struggle they were having. I really thought there would be more of an effort shown of just um, getting the team um, to to play more consistent on that line. Now, the one thing I will say to Florida State's credit, um, the special teams for them was very good. They had two blocked field goals, or I'm sorry, a blocked field goal and a blocked extra point. So um, pretty good effort there. Uh, Special teams are important. We've already talked about that. So we'll we'll see where those two programs go. Neither one of them is going to be in the top of their conference. Um, but uh, definitely would like to see better from both. Then we got uh, Arkansas State taking down Kansas State. Very concerned about this. Very concerned about this. Uh, Skylar Thompson, quarterback uh, for Kansas State, goes 17 of 29 for 259 and two touchdowns. So he looks pretty good but they could not run the ball. They really circled on the ball. Uh, one running back, Vaughn, uh, averaged 3.9 yards per attempt. Trotter averaged 2.7 yards per attempt. A couple of guys had loss, uh, runs for losses. And the uh, the Red Wolves just, um, you know, they, they stayed um, on a hot streak here. They're playing pretty good football. So... I'm not too surprised that it happened, but at the same time, I was excited to see that the Kansas State offense, and they did put up 31 points, but I guess, once again, defense is uh, the bigger deal here in the Big 12. So that's all I got today for the recap of those games. Like I said, we had a bunch of games that were postponed, so we'll find out when they're going to make those up. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to talk about uh, the stars of the weekend, and um, I'm going to try and um, have you guys help me figure out what these awards should be called. So quarterback Sam Allinger gets the quarterback award. I was thinking gunslinger, but like I said, I want you guys to help me figure this out. So Sam Allinger sets the school record in passing yards this weekend. So he's my number one quarterback of the weekend. And then running back for Notre Dame, Kyron Williams, has an excellent weekend as well. So he's going to be my – I was going with bell cow. But I'm not really sold on that one either. So, I don't know. You guys help me out here. And then last but not least, wide receiver for Texas, Josh Moore. 
gets my nod as the number one wideout. So there we go. Uh, we're going to try and fit in a preview show uh, for the upcoming week. And uh, me and Ryan are definitely going to start um, bringing out more prospects. Uh, so we've given you two prospect previews. And now we're going to be trying to bring you maybe double up. We'll try and get you number three and number four leading up to this weekend too. So that's all I got. I miss Ryan. Ryan, uh, Ryan gives me the extra juice to get through this uh, show. Um, it's definitely unique being on your own, uh, hearing nothing but the echo of your own voice. And uh, But hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I loved the weekend of college football. I'm so glad that it's back. I'm having a lot of fun watching all the different players, the different schools, and uh, getting more familiar with the idea of this scouting thing, this processing thing. So that's all I got for today. Um, I'm going to have us uh, hopefully drop another show on Friday. I'm going to be talking to Super Producer, Super Boss Matt Johnson about uh, processing moving to two times a week. Uh, The other one I will probably be doing from my basement. So maybe it'll sound a little different when I'm doing it off um, the home recording setup, but hopefully not. Hopefully it sounds almost identical to this, uh, on par with this, and hopefully you guys are enjoying. Keep on following the page. Uh, Like I said earlier, uh, follow uh, me and Ryan on our Twitter accounts. We're very active on there. Ask us any questions, hit us up, and uh, keep on processing that process. Do you trust the process? Do you respect the process? Wings and going. Is this wings to go? <laughs> Who wants some hot wings? Warning: Seven Wings Six features food-based stunts and stupid performances, either by the professionals or under the supervision of trained professionals. To ensure that these hot wings are eaten correctly, according to the BICBP and the producers, must insist that no one attempts to recreate or unknowingly eat any of these hot wings. Infernal and suicide wings are no joke. Leave it to the professional idiots that do these stunts and activities. Watch Seven Wings Six. Seven Wings Six, what will we do next? Whatever Whatever the the we want. want.